Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, uh, we're, we're thrilled that you're here, uh, like my friend said earlier, and um, uh, really glad as you start, as we start the first Sunday, uh, really officially of, for us of 2024, um, thanks for being here. Hey, before I jump into today's message, we got a brand new series today. Uh, we're also starting something called Love You today, and uh, Love You, Love University, short for Love University, is a series of classes that we offer, uh, and we're doing some of these in January, and there's one today that I want to highlight, and it's called Raising Emotions emotionally healthy children. And Carrie Ann Kingston and Brian are sitting right here trying to hide, but they're teaching this class. It's right after, let me, can I, can I just tell you, it's right after the worship experience. Uh, you also get lunch and there's free childcare. And so um, if you are a parent and you aren't signed up for this, or if you want to be a parent and you aren't signed up for this, um, what are you really doing with your life? Uh, like, what are you, you, you should come. You can come today. They could come, right? Like, they could just come. So, um, you can see Carrie Ann right here afterwards, or Ethan Pope, who's somewhere in the, in the crowd, and uh, we'll direct you to where to go, but just do it. It'll last like an hour. How long does it last? We've done it one. And you'll know so much more about how, I mean, who doesn't want emotionally healthy children? Uh, everybody wants emotionally healthy children. So um, do that today. You'll be glad you did. It's a two-week experience. You can do it this week and next Sunday. Um, so we are starting this series called Best Year Yet because we want to invite you to start with God. All right? Like, like, like I, and I think that you're here because there's at least one part of you, a little part of you, maybe a big part of you, that wants to start your year off with God. And uh, there's a verse I wanna show you that's gonna be kind of the, the, the point for our entire series for the whole month of um, January, but the idea is really that 2024 could be bigger than, than you think it is. It, it, might, it might be something that's bigger than just your dreams, bigger than just what you want. There's a verse from the book of Isaiah that says this. Um, God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Um, now, what he was pointing to was Jesus himself. He was pointing to Jesus. He was saying, hey, this is starting. I'm doing something new. I want to do something new in your life. And, and now it springs up. He says, don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the waste land. I'm doing um, a, a, a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Um, back in the late 90s, I'm going to just show my age here for a minute. Back in the late 90s, um, there was this thing called the, the uh, if you were paying attention to like the stocks and like what was going on in the world, there, there was this thing called the internet boom. It was where, yeah, some of you people around that age uh, just laughed. There were, the, the internet boom was happening and it was kind of this, uh, like these, these new companies were coming online and they were uh, exploding on the stock market. I mean, they were just taking off for, for no really good reason. People just went crazy. And I remember as being somebody in my um, late 20s, in the late 90s, looking at that and going, I don't really know a whole lot about the stock market, but, uh, but I know that these companies are making a ton of money really quickly and I wanna get in. And so I took some money, I opened up an E-Trade account and I, I watched probably CNN or CNBC or one of those, one of those like financial channels for like a day, so I was an expert. And I heard them talk about this one particular stock and I just went ahead and like pulled the trigger. I bought it, man. I was thinking this is going to go to the moon, right? This is going to go to the moon. And in a few days, I'm going to like multiply my money by 10 or 20 or 100 like some of these other companies are doing. 
Um, that did not happen. <laughs> I bought it and it kind of went like that and I was like, oh, good, good, good. And then it just went like that. And I was just going, no, watching all of this money that I put into this, this investment disappear. Sometimes the things that you think are gonna pay off just simply don't, right? They just simply don't. Um, another, I would say, uh, investment that I made was, was later on, probably in about 2015. Uh, my uh, oldest daughter was about to turn 16 and I was thinking she needs a car and I was also thinking, I kind of want a fun car so maybe we'll do something together, like we'll kind of get a car together. So I was sort of at the moment into these uh, old Land Cruisers, these old Toyota Land Cruisers, which like the like late 80s kind of model Land Cruisers and I was thinking, I need one of those. And I would watch them go for sale on like Craigslist and they would be on for like an hour or two and then they would get sold. Like, they, like I was never fast enough to actually get one of these vehicles. And um, let me just say this, I, I'm not a car guy, okay? I'm not a car guy, I'm not a fix it up guy. I love you guys that are, because you're amazing. Um, but that is, that is not me, but it, that, that's a, that didn't matter for this story, it didn't matter apparently for me, because I was like, I'm gonna buy one of these cars and I'm gonna fix it up and it's gonna be great. And so uh, I just happened to be watching Craigslist one morning and I was like 15 minutes, I came in about 15 minutes after this person posted this 1990 Toyota Land Cruiser that was listed at $800. And um, I was like, that's it. I the pictures looked great. I looked at it. It was out uh, in, in Eastern North Carolina. In fact, it was at, located in the Outer Banks. And, and I thought, that's it. I'm going to do it. So I called the guy and I told him, I'll take it over the phone. Sight unseen. All right? Sight unseen. So I'm thinking, this is great. I rented a car. I drove toward Eastern North Carolina. We decided we're going to meet in the middle and we're going to meet at this bank and he's going to sell me this vehicle. And um, I will never, ever, ever forget pulling into that bank parking lot and, and, and seeing this vehicle. And, and he had taken such good pictures of, <laughs> of one angle of this vehicle. And what he didn't send me was a picture of, of the back of this vehicle and the side of this vehicle because I pulled in and I saw the back and my heart and my stomach just sunk to the ground. It was a rust bucket. I mean, just full of rust, rust on every corner, rust all over the place. And I'm thinking, of course it is, Gerald. It's from the Outer Banks. Like this, this car has lived its existence at the ocean. Of course, what are you, what are you thinking? And so um, I went ahead with a deal. Uh, <laughs> out of complete pride and ego. I mean, that was the only thing holding me in at that point. I'm like, I'm not driving all the way out here and walking away from this thing. I'm just gonna do it because I said I was gonna do it and I'm gonna take my punishment and I'm gonna um, drive this thing home. And so I did, uh, just, just, it was the worst feeling ever as I drove home from Eastern North Carolina to, um, uh, to back to Huntersville. And this is what I was driving. Let me, let me show you. I, this is a, this picture, this part right here was not in the original pictures. I'm just gonna say that. And that's, that little, if you, you can't see it very well, but that's just a big old piece of rust and it was all over the back, just like that. That's a cool car though, isn't it? <laughs> I, I like it, I was just sick though. I was like, I was just thinking all the way home, I was going, how, I'm gonna sell it. Like I'm done with this car, I'm taking it home and I'm gonna turn it around and sell it as fast as I can. And I'm just gonna take, take my lumps, right? I'm gonna, if I, if I can get anything for it, I'm gonna take anything for it. So I bought it for $800. And uh, a couple days later, I sold it on Craigslist for $2,300. <laughs> uh, I really wanna find the guy who has this car now and see what it looks like. But um, it was kind of crazy. And I was just, I mean, I mean, talk about like a roller coaster of emotions. Some things don't pan out, right? Like some things that you invest in, some things you try just don't pan out. Other things that you think aren't gonna work, they, they just do. Um, so I wanna to talk to you about this word invest today. Don't get scared, this is not a money talk, 
okay? This is not about money today. But I wanna talk, like we hear a lot about the word um, investing. We hear a lot about investing in our world. And, um, and, and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's not. Honestly, sometimes it crosses over into the area of like gambling, and which can be addictive. I mean, that's just growing online like crazy, but it, it can be addictive. It can be actually dangerous. But, but investing in something is something that we all kind of want to do. We all kind of want to see what we have become something more. We wanna take what we have and make something more out of it. Now, now again, like the, there's the negative side of it, like, like gambling um, is, is out of this idea that I'm not satisfied with what I have. And that's not what we're talking about today. Cause that comes from this place of lack of satisfaction or I just want something quick, you know, without really having to work at it. But this idea of investing can be a really positive thing. In fact, I think it's actually a biblical thing. I think it's actually something that God gives us. This idea of I wanna take what I have and I wanna make something more out of it. So I got a question for you for 2024, a question for you, and the, the, the question is, um, is this, what are you gonna spend your time doing? It's a simple question, right? What, what, what are you gonna spend your time doing? Because the ultimate investment that you have is actually not money, it's your, it's your time, it's your it's your time. Where are you gonna spend your, your time? Who are you gonna spend your time with? I think this is healthy, I also think it's biblical. The Bible all over the place says, be a wise investor, be a wise investor. And there's this principle of God that I think is true regardless of whether you believe it or not, I think it's just a principle that's true and the principle is this, it's always wise to invest in God's kingdom. Like it's always wise to invest in, um, in, in God's kingdom. Now, now a warning with this kind of investment. There's a warning, when you invest in God's kingdom, you're gonna get pushback. You're gonna get people around you who may be close to you who think, well, that's stupid. Like you spending your time there is, is not a good idea. Um, there are gonna be some things that we're invited to invest in if you're someone who follows Christ. You're invited to invest in some things that the world looks at and it laughs at or it thinks it's a waste of time. And you're gonna maybe invest in some things that start to feel like maybe they're a waste of time at times. And you're gonna start to even feel at times if you do this, like me when I was driving back from Eastern North Carolina in that car. And I was thinking, what am I gonna do to get rid of this? What a waste of time, what a waste of money, what a waste of, like, what in the world am I doing? But there's this principle. It's always wise to invest in God's kingdom. And, and it probably wouldn't surprise you to know that Jesus talks about this a lot. Jesus talks about possessions a lot. He talks about things a lot. He talks about, about, about things that we have a lot. And the reason he does that was because he knows that all those things are connected to your heart. Like he's not after your things, he's after your heart. Okay, but he knows that all the stuff, all of those things around us are, are deeply connected to our hearts. And so Matthew records this story. Now Matthew was a tax collector, and of course this is interesting to him, like the way that Jesus tells this story. And so Matthew records it from his gospel from chapter 25, and I'm gonna read it for you. And, and, and the idea is kinda like this, and if you're, if you're here today wondering, hey, um, I'm just here wondering what God's like. I just wanna know what's God like? What's his kingdom like? What's my part in it? I think you're gonna get some of those answers today through what Jesus has to tell us. So he tells this story from Matthew chapter 25 and it starts out like this. Here's, here's what it, it says. It says again, it's gonna be like, and he's talking about the kingdom. He's like, here's what God's kingdom is like. God's kingdom is coming and it's different than the world's kingdom and I'm trying to describe for you what it's like. And he says, it's gonna be like this. It's gonna be like, like uh, pretend a man goes on a journey and he calls his servants and he entrusted his wealth to them. And, and to one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags of gold. To, to another, 
He gave one bag, each according to his ability, and then he went on his journey. So, so you with me so far? Like this rich guy gives his wealth to his servants. He gives one of them five bags, one of them two bags, one of them one. He does it according to their abilities. He says, according to their abilities, but I'm giving all of this to you. One of the first things that Jesus is trying to communicate to his listeners and to us is this, that God has entrusted you with his wealth. He's entrusted you with some things. You, yes, you, not, not the person beside you, not, not just those people. He's entrusted you with his wealth, your gifts, your talents, your, your, your heart, your relationships, your very life is a gift from God. And he's given all of that to you. He's, he's entrusted you with that. And so Jesus is telling this story to make this point. And he, he goes on, he says, the man um, who had received, wait, oh, hang on. Yeah, God's entrusted you with that. Yeah, the man who had received five bags of gold. Okay, what did he do? Well, he went at once and he put his money to work and he gained five bags um, more. And, and so then the uh, one with the two bags of gold, he gained, he did the same thing. Like he went and invested it and he gained Two more. So, so they didn't say, wait, hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take this gold and I'm just not gonna do anything with it. I'm gonna hide it, I'm gonna bury it, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna protect it. I'm just gonna let it sit here. No, they went and did something with it because they knew something about their master. Their master expected them to put their gifts to work. The master expected, I'm gonna give you something, but it's not just for you to hold on to, it's for you to do something with. You know that um, you and I are responsible to do something with what you've been given. You're responsible to do something with what you've been given. You just are. Like that's, that's just something that's true about, about, about you. And, and this implies something else is true that I mentioned a minute ago, but let me just underline it for a minute because I don't think that we always believe this. This implies that you have gifts. This implies that you're gifted. Now, um, if, you're, if you're a kid in here, you probably heard that from your parents a bunch and you're probably going, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, or maybe you're thinking, yeah, I am gifted. Um, if you're an adult, maybe you haven't heard that in a while, I don't know. Maybe you're somebody who finds it hard to believe, but it's true. You've been given certain gifts and they're valuable, they're worthwhile. They're, they're worthwhile and I, and I want you to hear that today, like you have something that you've been given to offer to other people, and guess what? Those other people like us will be better off when you do. We'll be better off when you do. We need you, actually. You know how it feels to be needed? Maybe some of you don't or haven't felt like that in a while, but, but, but can I just say like, we, we need you. This community needs you. The world needs you to share, to share these. Not only do you have valuable gifts, you, you've, you've got to put them to work. Um, but, but what does the other guy do? What does the guy with one do? He says, he says this in verse 18, but the man who had received one bag, he went off and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid his master's money. And, and, and when he dug that hole and when he hid it, you know what he did? He rendered that gift entirely useless. He rendered it useless. Burying your gift renders it useless. So when you say, or if you say, I'm not gifted, I don't have any gifts, that's actually not true. And what you're actually doing when you say that is you're simply burying them. You're just kind of hiding 
those, those gifts, either because you feel like I don't have any and so I'm not gonna share them because I don't have anything to share, or maybe you just feel like, I just wanna keep these to myself, I don't know. But we need you to do that, but when you hide it, it renders it totally, totally useless. So the master comes back, and what happens? The master comes back after a long time, the master of those servants returned, and he settled those accounts with them. And, and the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of, of, of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And, and, and then uh, the man with the two bags of gold, he also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with these two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Can I share just a big idea with you? And maybe this is something that if you don't hear anything else today that you take this home with you. Um, what does God value? What does God value? Faithfulness in the small things. Faithfulness in the small things. Maybe some of you are thinking, I only have a little, you know? Like, I know I have some, but I just have a little. His invitation to you is to be faithful with a little. Be faithful with a little. But I only have, like, a little house, okay? Like, what can I do with that? Well, what does it look like for you to be faithful with a little? But I just have this, like this, this broken down marriage and, and I don't know what to do with that. What does God say to you about being faithful in the small things? And you might be saying, well, I just got this job and I, I just don't like it. So as soon as I get another job, then I'll be able to invest myself and spend more time. What does it look like for you to be faithful in the small things, in the now, in the moment right now? Maybe you're like, well, I only have like one friend and I'm not even sure that that person is my friend. Like, they don't even act like they're my friend. I only have one friend. What does it look like for you to be faithful to that person and be a friend to them right now? Invest in the little things. God is entrusting them to you now. And I think often he entrusts them to us to see what we're gonna do, to, to see how we handle the smaller things so that along the way, he's gonna begin to entrust us with more and with more and with war. Now, um, sometimes we just look down on the small things because sometimes we look at our neighbor and we say, well, they've got more than me. They've got something different than, than me. And so we look down on our own gifts or our own abilities or our own talents. Do you know that comparison is the killer of joy? You know comparison is the killer of joy, right? Like, like, like comparing yourself to someone else is the killer of joy because what you often do is you compare your own daily life to somebody else's highlight reel. You know you do that, right? Like all you see is what's on social media from someone else and you're comparing your own life to whatever you see there that's fake and you think that's real and you compare yourself to them and that kills your joy. We gotta stop looking around. We gotta stop looking at other people. We gotta look at what God's given us and say, hey, here's what God's given me. Big or small, it doesn't really matter. I'm just gonna try to be faithful with what he's given me and being faithful in the small things because faithful in the small things, faithfulness in the small things leads to greater responsibility down the road. There's a passage in the book of Zechariah. It's in chapter four. If you wanna go read Zechariah chapter four sometime, unless you, just in case you hadn't read Zechariah lately. Um, but it's really cool, actually. It says, don't despise the days of new beginnings, the days of small beginnings. 
Don't despise the days of small beginnings. I remember when this church started like seven years ago, I, I, I would read that verse a lot and share that verse a lot. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise them in your life right now. Maybe, maybe you're in a moment of a small beginning right now. Good. That's okay. Enjoy it. Dig into it. See what God does with it. Jesus concludes the story like this. He says, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Um, Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And so I was afraid. And I went out. And I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, this is intense, by the way. I mean, this, but let's just read it. It's Jesus' words. You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I had not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags, he said. For, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where he'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The point Jesus is trying to make here is this. God wants his gifts used to make a difference in the world. He wants his gifts used to make a, a, a difference. He wants what he's given you to be utilized, to make a difference in the world. And, and so... Because that's true, God wants his gifts to be used. He's given them to you and to me to make a difference. Because that's true, God expects each of us to invest what we've been given. He expects each of us to invest what we've been given. I'm not responsible for what somebody else does. And you aren't either. You're not responsible for what someone else does with their gifts. I've always struggled with this. Like, like where does my investment end and where does yours begin? How much is too much, right? How, how far along do I have to go before it's, enough, it's time to say stop? Um, wh what if you're investing in a person, right? You're investing in somebody and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It doesn't seem to be doing any good. What if that's happening? What if you're investing in your own child and, and they're rejecting you? What, what, what about that? What if there's somebody in your life that you've tried to reach out to, you've tried to invite, you've tried to maybe invite to church and they just keep saying no, 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 over and over and over again. What do you do with that? Um, I, I wanna share with you this one, this one phrase uh, that I actually think is, is uh, incredibly important. I, I first heard uh, Pastor Andy Stanley explain it. I'm sure it was around before him but I first heard it from him, and it's, it's so important that it's become one of our staff team, like our staff team has some core values, it's become one of our staff team core values, and uh, it's, it's this. Um, here's what you're responsible for, to pour out your cup. Pour out your cup. Your responsibility, and mine, is to pour your cup out. Your responsibility is not to fill somebody else's up. You with me? Like your responsibility in mine is to pour my cup out. Like my responsibility is to invest what I've been given to pour my cup out. My job is not to fill yours up. That's for you to work on. You, you might get a little from me and a little from somewhere else and a lot from somewhere else. 
But my job is not to meet all of your needs. My job is simply to just put my, uh, fill, like pour my cup out. Jesus did this. He did it masterfully. If you watch his life, um, he, he poured himself out over and over and over again. And, and, and some people accepted him and some rejected him. And he just kept on going. He kept on moving. He always kept on giving and then moving on and then giving and moving on and giving and moving on until he gave absolutely everything. And he wasn't really worried about, hey, um, like everybody else around him, he was thinking, I'm gonna pour myself out and it's your job, it's your responsibility, it's on you to say yes or no. It's on you to receive what I'm giving or not. He kept on giving and moving on and giving and moving on and giving and moving on. Pour out your cup. That's what you and I are responsible to do. Um, it just underlines this truth that it's always wise to invest in God's kingdom. So um, our, our mission here is to help people find and follow Jesus. Um, that's what we're about. It's rooted in Matthew chapter 28 in the Great Commission, uh, but, but we say it like that. We wanna help people find and follow um, Jesus. And we take that so seriously, like, like also one of our core values is the church should be fun. So we're, we, like to have, we love to have fun, but we, we take this mission really seriously to help people find and follow Jesus so seriously that we have a strategy behind it that's a four-part strategy. And uh, we're gonna share that with you over the coming weeks. But the first part of it is, is simply that word invest. That, that, that word invest. Um, what does it look like to invest yourself into people? And specifically, you're like, what do I invest in? Investing in people who need Jesus. Investing in people like you, people like me, who need Jesus. Investing in relationships. This means loving people enough to slow down and to, to care for them well. To care about their lives, to, to just invest yourself, not as a way to, to trick them into doing something, but, but out of a sincerity, out of authenticity, out of, out of true love. I don't know about you, but I gotta ask God for that kind of love often in my life because I find other things creeping in like cynicism and, 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 and hurry and all these things that pull me out of love and I gotta say, God, would you just help me love more like you? But he will and he does. And his invitation is, would you invest in other people? Would you pour yourself, because I have these gifts, I have these things I wanna do and ultimately I have eternal life that I'm offering to everybody and I wanna see that happen through you. And when you do that, what you're doing is you're taking God's gift and you're making it grow. You're taking God's gift and you're not hiding it, you're not burying it. You're taking it and you're making it grow. You're multiplying it. And I think that that brings joy to the heart of God. Doesn't matter if you see immediate growth or not in that relationship or in that thing or that whatever you're investing. Doesn't matter if you see immediate change or not. That, that, that doesn't really matter because that's up to them. Your concern, my concern ought to be this. Am I pouring out my cup? Am I pouring out my cup? And here's what I think. And I think this is backed up in what Jesus is saying here. When you do that, when you do that, like, like 2024 is gonna be amazing when you start to do that. If we can begin to invest in people around us, you have no idea what's gonna happen. Because that opens up incredible opportunities and an amazing adventure in a whole new world of possibilities. I think when we begin to do that, 
That is a very, very critical, a very key step in you having your best year yet. Let's do that, friends. Like, let's, let's commit to doing that this year. Let's just uh, be people who invest. Because I know, I, like, you're here because, for the same reason that I'm here. Because you believe that there's something eternal about this life, that, that God just might be real, and he just might have something to say, and he actually just might want to use you. He does. He will. He's inviting you to step in and to trust him. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.